Welcome to the Fearless Warrior Podcast, a place for athletes, coaches, and parents who know the value of a strong mindset. I'm your host, Coach AB, a mental performance coach on a mission, former softball coach, wife, and mom of three. Each episode, we will dive deep into all things mental performance, mindset tools, and how to rewire the brain for success. So if your goal is to gain the mental edge and learn the secrets of mental performance, you're in the right place. Let's tune in to today's episode. Today's guest is a really special Kara Remington. She is our community manager at Fearless. She's been with us for over a year and a half. She manages and produces this very podcast that you're listening to. She helps us book, schedule, coordinate, moderate all of the guest speakers and parent workshops for our community. She checks all the responses inside the Fearless Warrior program. So if you are an athlete going through our program, Kara is watching you and making sure that you have what you need to graduate. And the reason I'm having her on our podcast today is because she works a lot behind the scenes, but she also coaches in front of the scenes inside our alumni membership, Master Warriors, as a coach. And this summer, I got to watch her coach at our retreat in Nebraska. And just seeing her strong faith, getting to know her as a friend has been so special to me. I'm so glad she's a part of Team Fearless. And I have her here with me today to talk about some really cool stories and topics. So Kara, without further ado, welcome to our podcast. It's awesome to be on this side of it. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm really pumped to have you. I know that you and I have had some really cool conversations in person over Zoom, um, and now we get to share it with our fearless fam. So I just, I think we should dive right into it. One of my favorite stories that I've ever heard from you is something that not a lot of people know about Kara. Can you talk about your experience as a rugby player in your college experience? Yeah, sure. Um, that, that's it's a it's a unique thing because not a lot of people have even ever seen rugby or heard of rugby, but let alone played it. So um, I was super fortunate. I I grew up as a like an all time sports junkie. Like I loved sports. I love playing sports. I love watching sports. I love everything about competing and getting dirty and and playing sports. And um, and so in high school, I I played as many sports as I could. I played basketball and volleyball and softball all throughout high school. And uh, if there had been a fourth season available at my high school, I would have played a fourth season of something. I don't know what it would have been, but I just could not ever get enough of teams and having that, you know, shared goal and being together with other girls that were like me. And so when I was ending my high school career, like I wasn't like a high recruit. I didn't really like pursue recruiting. It wasn't really on my radar that much because I knew where I wanted to go to, to college. And I had always wanted to go to Brigham Young University or BYU. And so I kind of realized that as soon as high school was over, that was probably going to be the end of my like structured sports career. And I was okay with that. Um, but then I comes to my freshman year of college and I had only been on campus for maybe a week. And I was already starting to feel the lack of a team. I was starting to feel that loss in my life of like, you know, where, where are my people? Where are these, you know, teammates that I, that I've gotten so used to having in my life. And it just so happened that one day I was coming home from, like I said, it was like the first week of classes. I was coming home from my first week of classes and I went to go get in the elevator at my dorms. And I saw on the, on the bulletin board outside the elevator, there was a flyer that said 
that the women's rugby team was looking for players. And the biggest thing was it said, there's no experience necessary. <laughs> and so when I saw that flyer, my first thought was rugby. I mean, I knew nothing about rugby, honestly. The thing that I knew about rugby was that it's full contact that you get to tackle. And I had always wanted to play football as a kid. And my mom, I'm, I'm on the smaller side. And so my mom never wanted to let me play football because she was worried I'd get hurt. And so when I saw the rugby flyer and all I knew was that you get to tackle people, I was like, this could, this could be up my alley. So I, um, I decided I actually was walking back with a friend that I had just met that was on my floor. Um, and she actually said to me, Hey, I'll go if you go. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's go. Let's try something new. I need something like this in my life. And so we showed up at the meeting later that week and they just like kind of explained the basics of the game, talked about how the team works at the time. The team was kind of like a for fun club. So it wasn't super competitive, but they said, yeah, we'll teach you everything you need to know. So I was like, all right, I'm down. So I showed up at practice that later that weekend and I just fell in love with it. It was just such an incredible game. It's very, very team oriented. It's very, my coach like to say it's a, the most democratic game because everybody carries the ball. Everybody plays. It's, it's football came from rugby, but it's not at all like football because like the ball never stops. Like you just constant going. And I felt like it really took a lot of the things that I liked about all my other sports I had played and put it all in one place. And so that was, that was super cool for me to like at this time in my life, I'm starting college to be learning a new sport. Like I had been playing these other sports for years and years and years. And now all of a sudden I was thrown into learning the rules and the strategy and the, um, all the different parts of a, a brand new game. So that was really, really fun for me. And I happened to hit the team at like just that perfect time where my, our coach, the coach that had been there for a really long time, he was retiring and was passing the reins off to a new coach who was younger, a Fijian who had been playing rugby since he could hold the ball. And uh, he came in and really thought, you know, why shouldn't we be like a fully recognized collegiate team? And we um, helped us go through all those hoops and whatever we needed to do to get um, the D1 classification and be able to actually like compete for championships and play at the highest levels in the collegiate rugby sport. So it was really neat that I like jumped in. I got to learn for a semester. And then the, my second semester was when that new coach took over. And from there, I was able to play for, you know, four more years after that and got to compete at some of the highest levels, which was super neat. I just want to point out that the equivalent of this for our girls that are listening, trying to compare this to softball, which if you thought about it, right, softball, basketball, any, any other sport, you're telling me that you saw a flyer, you were interested in this and said, hey, let's give it a go. You've never played rugby before. You applied all of your athletic abilities and BYU and the equivalent of this, even though it's not an NCAA recognized sport, it's like going from nothing to D1 in a week and you you're suited yeah. up right like what tell yeah. us more about what how did you get through that what what did you think like going through that thought process like as i heard this story for the first time the reason i want to share this with the fearless fam is you literally stepped out of your comfort zone not knowing anything and then hearing this story like what was your thought process as you were learning on the fly learning your teammates you know, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a crazy experience that the very first I had never seen a rugby game. The very first rugby game I ever saw 
was the first game that I played. I, I started and played the whole game in the very first rugby game I ever saw. <laughs> and, and that, like you said, that is a weird experience. It's a unique experience to have. And I was fortunate to have that experience. Like I said, I hit the team at a really good time. They had just graduated a whole bunch of players. They really needed new blood. And, you know, I just showed up and was there and they were able to plug me right in and I was able to play right away, which was a huge, a huge break for me. Um, and then, like I said, from it to go from kind of a for fun club team that did two tournaments a semester to a full fledged division one team, it took about a year for us to get that kind of underway and going, but um, it, it was, it was a, an awesome experience. And like you said, I, I, and I had, I had accepted long before this, that I wasn't going to play a collegiate sport. Like I had other friends that, you know, were, were going through that process of trying to get recruited and we're just, you know, kind of looking at whatever school would take them. And because I had this different idea of like, I want to go to this school um, and I wasn't quite good enough to make any of those teams. I had actually, I thought about walking on, trying to walk on to the volleyball team. Yeah. But But can you talk about chicken out? (laughs) Talk about your childhood though, right? Like I think one of the debates in the sports world is specialization versus multiple sports. And I think it's becoming, and we know this, right? We know that it's really difficult to play multiple sports because the seasons are extended and off season work and all of these coaches are fighting for the limited time. We're also student athletes. Can you kind of talk about that, about, you know, your childhood included so many sports, you know, like we're at, we're at the retreat and we're hooping and it's like, well, dang, you know, Kara plays basketball. You still play sports as an adult, you know, you're in adult leagues and, and sports really are a part of your life. Do you think that contributed to your ability to pick up rugby because you had so many different skill sets from your experiences? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, and, and all growing up, like my parents kind of tried to make me specialized like they they I'm one of seven and so we're all kind of doing different activities and different things and they kind of were like you got you got to kind of choose at some point I think every year they would tell me you got to pick one but I was able to skirt that that rule because I never I never went to any of the I never did any of the travel leagues I stayed completely in rec and school so I was able to my seasons didn't overlap in that way and so I was able to bounce around from each season and I, to me that it's just for my personality and what I wanted to do, that was, that was ideal for me. And like I said, my goals didn't include playing in college. And so really I was trying to have fun. I was trying to stay active and I was enjoying myself. Um, and each sport I felt like taught me different things. Like I learned different things from softball versus volleyball versus basketball. And then later on with rugby and, and I already said this, but like, I kind of felt like rugby took all of the great things about the other sports that I had played and put them in one spot. I mean, it's the, the, the teamwork aspect of volleyball where you have to depend on each other. It's the getting down and dirty of softball that I really liked, like um, along with the mental game. And it's very, very mental. Um, And then it's like the pace and the speed and the quick decision-making of basketball. And so it really felt like in a lot of ways, this is what my whole life has been preparing me for. I didn't know it, but like my whole life and all of those different skill sets that I picked up along the way were what contributed to making me being able to do the things that I was able to do in rugby. And when you look around the rugby world, so 
um, if you look at the current national team or the current Olympic team, the sevens Olympic team, um, I know a handful of those girls and most of them are multi-sport athletes that mm -hmm. they, you know, did a couple of things um, in high school, one or two specialized in college on different sports. In fact, there's a, a girl right now who um, is on the uh, national sevens team who she, um, she played collegiate basketball at BYU. And then after she graduated from BYU, her sister, who I, I played with her sister, <laughs> got her into rugby. And then it's post-college that now she's now on the national sevens team. So it, it, rugby is kind of, it's it, because it's still kind of in its infancy in the U.S., right? It's an emerging sport still. You actually are benefited by having a wide range of, of skills and abilities. And, you know, we used to look for, you know, soccer players make great rugby players. Wrestlers make great rugby players. So to be able to take some of those outside skills into our sport um, was was really great. Uh, and that's a conversation topic. I, I've heard that on other podcasts. I know that the Kelsey brothers have even talked about that. They've started talking about quizzing their NFL, uh, you know, teammates about, well, that have played rugby or came from rugby, the differences and, you know, playing hockey. And it's like, what we forget to realize is the generations before us or our generation, we did have the ability to have all of these different experiences. And so I think we've kind of lost that for our kids of, I think it just gets so crazy that, and, and I did want to mention this, your comment about there's nothing wrong with playing rec or for your school, that, that is what allowed you to do that. And so if you're a parent listening to this and you're thinking, oh my gosh, how the heck could I, A, have the time to have my daughter play club volleyball and travel softball or club basketball, you physically can't and financially you can't, right? right? There's just no possible way. And so I think readjusting our expectations of, you know, how do we define rec or, you know, here in Nebraska, it's the YMCA. There's nothing wrong with that. And some of my greatest athletes that played for me when I coached high school, they signed up for soccer in the spring and it was the best opportunity for them because there was no pressure. It, what They weren't expected yeah. to be good by their parents. Well, I think I think that reset too is super good for kids. I think it's for me, I know by the end of every season, this could be just my short attention span by the end of every season, especially in high school when it's, I mean, in high school, it's a huge time commitment, each sport. Um, by the time I was getting close to the end of the season, I was ready to switch. I was ready as much as I love that sport. I was currently playing. It was really good for me to get re-excited, re-energized and to get back into a new sport. Um, and I actually had teammates that by our senior year, it was amazing to me of how many of my teammates were like sick of the sport. I, I know specifically in volleyball, I remember sitting next to one of my teammates towards the end of our senior season that I've been playing with her for four years. And um, I was sitting next to her on the bench and she said something like, I'll be so glad when this is over. And it was like our last volleyball game as a high school player. And I just was like, I could, I looked at her, I was just shocked. And she just was done. She had spent the last four or five years of her life playing year round volleyball. She wasn't going to be playing in college and she just was done. And to me, that was so sad because, you know, I ended high school volleyball wanting more, right? I, like you said, I still play volleyball. Like I, I seek out leagues to be able to go out and touch a volleyball. And I still play in a, a softball league um, just because like, I still want more of those sports. And it set me up, I think in a different way for life that, that my sports have were a springboard into a healthy lifestyle for the rest of my life, as opposed to like, just just a way to get a scholarship or just a way to you know 
get this D1 dream. And not to not to sh- cast shade on anybody who has their goals. I just think it's so important to be clear on why are you doing what you're doing and to understand how your choices are going to affect the future now. Like, um, so if you choose to, to, if that D1 is what really matters to you, you need that scholarship to be able to go to college, like for, by all means, set those goals, do those things that it takes to get there. But just to understand that there may be other goals out there as well, or other mentalities out there as well, that that could be as beneficial to the rest of your daughter's life or your life um, as Absolutely. that D1 scholarship. Hey, and your mom couldn't stop you. You saw that flyers like, see ya. I'm doing it, mom. Oh man, that conversation was funny. The when I called them and told them, like, "Hey guys, guess what? I joined the rugby team." <laughs> they were like, "You did what?" Spe- <laughs> they hadn't ever family. seen it either. Oh yeah. You well, speaking of family, we have to give a shout out to Amber. Amber Brzezicki is a friend of mine and again your sister, and so she's the reason that our our paths cross. And I'm so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. you touched on a really cool topic. Uh, about you know the mentality and goals that's another uh, conversation that you and I have had can you kind of talk about just we could talk about goals but we could talk about your experience and you had kind of alluded to the mentality side of you know when you got to go to those camps with you know seeing the national level of rugby can you talk about your passion and kind of a behind the scenes look of you know when you discovered mental performance yeah. So I guess to finish off my, my rugby journey was, you know, we, I joined this team and was able to start playing right away and our coach switched and we were able to get the D1 classification through USA rugby. And turns out we were pretty good as a team. And by my senior year, um, my senior year, we, we made it all the way to the final four of the national tournament, which was an incredible experience to be able to play at that level for a championship. And it was after my, that, that final four game where we unfortunately lost to Army, who eventually won the national championship. But um, after we lost that game, I was approached by, um, at the time, it was Pete Steinberg, who was the, at the time, the national team coach, head coach. And he came up to me and he um, chatted with me and he said, basically like, hey, you could you could keep playing if you wanted to. Um, there There's opportunities. There's, um, there's, you know, this whole program beyond college that that you would be welcome to enter. Um, let me get you more information if you're interested. And so I kind of got rolled into this um, this program or this this pool that goes beyond college where then that's how they staff or yeah, that's how they fill the rosters for the national team going forward is that they get this pool of players. And a couple of times a year, they invite these these players to come to these. They call them high performance camps and they bring them to these camps and um, the whole uh, national team staff is there and they, they run these week long camps where they, you know, you're, you're going over learning skills, obviously you're learning team mentality. You're learning, um, you're learning the coaches honestly too. And like the way that they want you to play and what they want you to do. And these, um, these sessions are, or these, these camps are about 70, 30 of like on the field training to like classroom sessions. And this was the first time, I mean, in college we had done some like film review where, you know, after games we would come together and we'd watch film together and talk about it. But it wasn't something that was ever really overtly taught um, for me at my in my collegiate experience. And so to be in like a classroom setting with these coaches and not only did we watch film, but that was really the first time when I was overtly taught some of these mental performance skills of like mentality and, and yeah, goal setting and things like that and understanding 
the mental side of the game and how important the mental the mental game was and is um, to being successful at a high level. And so that was just a really cool experience for me to like get to see, get to peek behind that curtain. I never was on the national team, but like to get to see like how the national team trains and how um, how they're taught not only on the field, but also in the classroom was like a really cool experience. And can you talk more about that goal setting? Uh, this is a story that I love hearing you share of sometimes we get this idea of, well, if our goal is there, then we're always going to strive for that goal. And so at what point did you have to face this really monumental decision? You had to make a really tough decision. And I think that there's a lot that can be shared here for everyone listening, whether it's a coach or a parent or a daughter. I think our culture today gets so caught up with the idea of our goals that we lose sight of its reality. I mean, I hate to, I don't want to sugarcoat it. We, we literally lose sight of reality. Can you tell that story? Yeah. So this was, it just was, so like I said, this was the summer after my senior year and I had, I went to this high performance camp. I had been selected as an all American. So I was at an all American camp where we got to travel with the all American team. And that was really cool. And so then like we were in this camp and uh, we were sitting down doing this goal setting and, and I had just graduated from college. I had been married for about three years at this point. And we were sitting in this classroom session and on the coach when talking about goal setting, we were going to be setting some goals for like the next five years. And he wrote up on the board a bunch of dates. And I don't remember, I mean, this was years ago, so I don't remember what the dates were, but it was something like, cause it was, this was in 2011. So it was like 2012 nation's cup, 2013 world cup, 2014. I know that was the sevens Olympics. Cause that was the first time the sevens was in the Olympics. Um, and then yeah, I think it was like those three things, three or four things. So it was like these huge tournaments. I mean, the, the nation's cup is a big tournament in rugby and, um, and then the world cup obviously is a big, a big tournament in rugby. And then the Olympics is maybe the biggest of all of all of those. So there, he wrote these like big things up on the board and he turned around and he looked at us, at, at us sitting in this room and there's probably like 35 or 40 girls sitting in this room. And he said, if you are in this room, these are reachable goals. And, and like I said, this was not the, the national team was not in this room, but these were the, the players that potentially were going to be pulled from to, to, um, to make these tournament teams. And so he said, when we're making these goals, you have to realize that if these are your goals, if this is what you want to do over the next five years, you know, nation's cup, world cup Olympics, um, then this is what it's going to take to get there. And he talked a lot about, you may have to take a job that allows you, cause he, all these tournaments are in the summer. He's like, you may have to take a job that allows you to travel extensively in the summer. And you know, you, you can work the rest of the year, but you can't work during a lot of the summer. You may have to miss family events and you may have to miss family vacations and you may have to miss family birthday parties. You may have to move so you can play, you know, high level rugby, rugby outside of your national team commitments. Um, but if there's not, you know, you don't live somewhere where there's a good adult team you might have to move somewhere so those were kind of the things he said and then then this was the kicker and the whole time I'm sitting there in this classroom staring at it and first of all my mind was blown because I didn't realize (laughs) that that these were possible these weren't my dreams I had I had I mean on some level they're every athlete's dreams right wouldn't that be cool to be in the the Olympics but I hadn't come into that room thinking that that was what I wanted I really was just there to like 
the coach said I should come to this camp. So I came to this camp, but um, I staring at that board, I was kind of like, Oh my gosh, like who, who knew that this was possible. And then when you started talking about all the different things that it would take to be able to get there, I had this like growing anxiety in my chest. I was like, you know what? Like I've been married for three years. My husband is still in school. Um, we've been talking about in the next couple of years, wanting to start a family, start having kids. I don't live close to a good adult league. I would need to, the closest would be probably Colorado from Utah, which means I'd either have to live apart from my husband for a while, or we'd have to figure out some way to like commute, which would be expensive and busy and crazy. And so I was just like feeling this rising anxiety in my chest of like, oh my gosh, this is, this is a lot. This is, this, I did not expect that this was what I was going to be confronted with. And then the kicker was when he said at the end of saying all those things of what it would take to get to those goals, he said, and if these are your goals, none of those things will feel like a sacrifice. And because that's what you want. And if that's what you want, this is what it takes and everything else will be worth it. Um, and in that moment, I just, I just realized that all feels like a sacrifice. Every bit of what he just said felt like a sacrifice to me. And I realized it's because these aren't my goals. These aren't what I want. Rugby has been awesome. I have had some of the best experiences. I've met some of the greatest people. I've got to travel. I've got to represent my school. I got to represent my country at the All-American Games. Um, like that was great. And now my goals are different. My goals are now to be a mom, to have a, a family, to continue to pursue. I was coaching. I was going to be coaching and teaching at a high school after I graduated. And so I realized like these aren't my goals anymore or that they really never were, but that's okay. And I'm going to now move on to the things that are my goals and leaving rugby behind won't feel like a sacrifice because that's what I want. And, and it really was that way. I mean, I was sad to leave it. It was a great period of my life, something where I, I got a lot of experiences that I wouldn't have gotten any other way. Um, and I still look back on it, like with tons of great memories and, you know, teammates that are sisters for life. And, um, but I was able to walk away and pursue what were really my goals, my, my goals at that point in life. And I just think for me, that was like, it was, it was exactly what I needed to finish out on my terms. Now there were girls in that room that went on to play on the national scene. There's um, one or two that were in that room that played in the Olympics. Like there were girls that achieved those goals that had been sitting in that room for me. And those were their goals and they made those sacrifices and they were willing to do it. And they I'm sure had wonderful experiences from it. But for me personally, that wasn't my goal. And it was time for me to move on to the things that were my goals. And it didn't feel like a sacrifice to leave rugby at that point. And how cool is it that it's not that that goal wasn't possible for you. That mm -hmm. goal was absolutely possible for you. The fact that you were able to discern and, and, and weigh the options of, is this going to feel rushed or give me anxiety? Or do you feel at peace with this? And in that moment, I think you really listened and followed. I think the mistake that we make is that we let external pressures or letting others down or what the world says we should do, you could have pursued that goal. Like you could have gone for that goal, but the fact that you made and felt that decision in that moment, I just want you guys to understand, Kara absolutely could have been in those rooms. The fact that you chose that is just a really cool story. And I don't think we talk about it enough.
because I think it happens in our in our world specifically in regards to softball is D1 is is glorified and glamorized and but are you willing to take a look at what those division one athletes are experiencing right do you want to skip class every Thursday and Friday to hop on a plane to fly across the country and now that the Big Ten is restructured and the SEC and everything's moving right UCLA and Maryland are going to be in the same conference you cannot get more opposite ends of the country you know and so that's going to take sacrifice and so I just that is the one story that I got chills when you when you told it to me the first time and and it's a different perspective and I really appreciate your perspective on that because it's needed yeah well it's just all about being like super intentional like this is what I want and if this is what I want then I need to do what it takes to get it and that comes I mean that's a skill that for your whole life you're gonna there's always going to be transitions in life you're not you're not going to be stuck in the same circumstances your whole life and when you're young especially I feel like those transitions come at you hard and fast and you know you've got all these different times in your life where you have to decide what do I want and what am I willing to do for what I want and you'll I think that to me that what that coach said has been you know a kind of a guiding star ever since of this idea of if whatever if it's what really what you want what it takes won't feel like a sacrifice and um So, I mean, that's a really good gauge of like, do I feel like I'm missing out? Do I feel like I'm sacrificing or does this sacrifice feel hard? Um, And if it does, then check in and be like, okay, what should my, which of my goals are making me feel that way? And how can I readjust, reevaluate so that that doesn't add that added pressure or stress to my life? And I think it's a really good guiding principle to live by. Mic drop. I love it. I love it so much. So let's transition. One of the other things that I admire you for and and getting to see you coach at the retreat, one of your sessions was on leadership. And for those that weren't there, you know, why are you so passionate about leadership? And, you know, I know you and I, again, we've had all of these amazing conversations. Let's just continue to riff on that. Talk about, you know, what does leadership mean to, to Kara? Yeah. I mean, I was one that kind of came to leadership late in life or later. I, I, you mentioned my sister. It's funny. My, I have an older sister who's two years older than I am. And she is a um, typical oldest child. She's very driven. She's very confident. She's very self-assured. And she always has been. And when we were little, I just remember she used to always say, I'm a leader. And Kara, you're a follower. She used to like legit tell me that all the time. <laughs> I'm sure because she wanted me to like do what she wanted me to do. And for a long time, I believed her. Um, I believed her. I, you know, Amber's the leader. I'm the follower. I just follow off, follow behind her. And it wasn't really until high school that I realized that she was wrong. (laughs) And, um, and it was, it was all of a sudden in high school, I was on these high school teams and, and every sport that I played on, I was asked to be a captain. And it, it threw me off at first because First of all, I wasn't playing on these college te- or these uh, travel teams that everybody else was playing on. So I wasn't even necessarily the best player on our team. But our the coaches kept uh, it was and most teams I was on, it was they would do like one voted captain and one coach captain. And on every team that I was on throughout high school, I was either and sometimes I was a voting captain, sometimes I was the the coach captain, but I was always one of those captains on every single team that I was on. And at first it like surprised me. I was surprised. I'm like, wait, I'm the follower. (laughs) And, um, it wasn't until like partway through high school that I realized, you know what, 
they can't be a fluke. It can't be that all these different teams and all these different coaches are, are seeing something in me that I'm not even seeing in myself. And so it was really um, halfway through high school that I kind of stepped into the idea of a leadership role. And to me, that's so important. Um, I, I just think that there's so many hidden leaders out there. I think there's so many girls that tell themselves these things or maybe have other people tell themselves these things that don't realize that they can step forward in in a multitude of roles. You don't have to be a named captain. You don't have to be a person that is always being asked to lead to be a leader. And you can really, really lead out in a, a whole bunch of different ways. And the world needs leaders. The world needs people that know their own mind, that aren't afraid to be the first and that will lead out and, and other people will follow them for good. And I, I think that the more that we can empower young people to step in that leadership role in their own lives and in their own friendship groups and in their own communities, I think that it will just, I mean, the impact that they can have for good is just incredible. And I think it also comes from knowing you, you are a humble person. And I think sometimes the humility as an amazing trait, I would love to push you to step into that more. And I think the the attributes of you know like i'm could be you know seen as a boastful outgoing you know this big boisterous personality and it takes everybody right so like whether you're introverted or extroverted or whether you're humble or you're not we're all going to get accused that you know you know you're too cocky or you're too quiet or you're too whatever it's like when you realize your superpower doesn't have to change it's how do you use what you are, your personality, mm -hmm. your your God-given gifts. And like nobody can emulate Kara like Kara can emulate Kara. Mm -hmm. I yeah, that. I mean, I think that's the key to being a good leader is to being authentic and being yourself. And you're not, you don't have to act like somebody else who's a good leader because that's their thing. You need to be you and be the best you and then just be willing to be it in front of other people, right? Like, and to, and then people naturally will follow you. That's na a natural instinct that we have as humans is when we see somebody else who knows who they are and knows what they stand for and knows what they want, we want to follow them. We want to, we want to, to be with them and to do the things that they're doing. And I think that, um, I mean, that's why that, that confidence in that first step is knowing yourself and then just being that, being yourself and, and stepping out in front. I think that's, it's huge. That's awesome. And the crazy thing at the time that we're recording this last night was our 12th call with the fearless warriors team 19 and the last call is always leadership and we send them as graduates. You know, this is the final module, the final skill that they get to learn is you have all of these skills physically and mentally now how do you use them to influence others and it's just a really it's just a really cool capstone session with them which is awesome. Um, so let's kind of talk about if we look at, you know, kind of what's coming up in this episode, I do have a question that I, we ask everybody, and I know that you know this question that we ask on the podcast, but before we do that, I'm going to also push you out of your comfort zone. Can you kind of talk about like, why are you so passionate about what you do behind the scenes in front of the scenes with fearless? Like what, what made this a heck yes, I want to be a part of this. Um, I, like I said, I mean, being a personal sports junkie <laughs> and having had the opportunity to play sports my whole life up to, you know, even up to today, I just see the value that sports can play in 
in and it has played in my life and continues to play. And the things that I've learned from sports are are life changing. And it's it's more than just being able to throw a ball or or um, you know hit home runs or anything like that. But it's it's more about learning these life skills. These mental skills are life skills. And what thing I love about the the things that you learn in the Warrior Program is that every single one of these, you could take away softball and it could help you be successful in any area of your life that you would like. And so for me, when um, when uh, my sister connected us and said, you know, hey, my sister might be involved in, interested in getting involved with your organization. Um, and I kind of started doing some research and looking at, you know, what Fearless teaches. I just thought this is just such a valuable tool and something that I, I love being intentional and to overtly teach these skills. I think most of these skills, if you talk to, you know, our generation, high level athletes, they picked up these skills along the way. I think you have to, in order to be successful at a high level, you have to figure out on your own how to recover from failure. You have to, on your own, learn how to, you know, control your own emotions and, and breathe and to work through things. Um, and so I think in the past, it kind of was like, almost chance like did you pick up these skills along the way or you did you have the type of personality where you're able to like kind of chill until you were able to fill out these figure out these skills to be able to succeed at the highest levels and now it's like it's opening up these doors to a whole huge group of, of people that maybe aren't as naturally predisposed to being able to figure these out on their own or as naturally able um to you know name their own emotions or maybe more emotional people and, and I think that is awesome to make it more accessible to more people so that we are truly getting the best of the best athletes. And not just because, you know, someone happened to learn about visualization when they were younger, you know. And um, so I just, to me, that just makes what, what we do at Fearless so impactful beyond the softball field. And, and I think that's what these girls will discover and I'm sure their parents already know, like sneakily, this is part of why they want them to do the program is that they realize that the mental skills are life skills and they're skills that will, will bless their lives in for years and years to come, even outside of softball. Um, and so, I mean, that's just such a great mission. Like, how can you not want to get behind that? And then to get to talk some, some softball along the way, like what could be better? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just so glad you said yes. And now you can never leave and we're planning all <laughs> sorts of fun things for 2024. Um, which is crazy because I literally could not do this without you guys. And so um, I'm just so thankful for all the work that you've done. And seriously, if you guys are listening to this, like send Kara a coffee, send her some high fives and some whoop whoops on social media. Cause I, it's just been so fun to not do this alone. You know, when I first started this, it was just me and to bring you guys into the fold and we could not do what we do if we didn't have a team, right? Like we're right now we're in the middle of confidence camp. We'll be wrapping up confidence camp at the time that we're recording this. And then, you know, the first week of January, we're literally starting 2024 off with our five day challenge. And again, like that takes a lot of man hours to plan the challenges and get the email reminders out and, and plan, you know, everything. And then we also have our program. So, um, Seriously, Kara, I just appreciate all that you do. And this has been really fun. You ready for the final, final question? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You are a time traveler and you can go back in time and tell your past self one message. What would you tell yourself? Oh, I don't know why this is such a hard question to me. Um, 
just because like I look back on little Kara and like I know that she was doing the best with what she had <laughs> right like so I don't I don't I don't look back on myself and like blame myself for anything or think you know what was she thinking or whatever so there's not a whole lot that I would necessarily change but um I think I would just say something along the lines of just keep going. It gets good. <laughs> like, I, I mean, there's been like we talked about season. There's been so many seasons of my life that have have come and gone that have been wonderful in their own ways. And it's been like, you know, I had this wonderful season of time when I was, you know, athletics were at the forefront. And I had this wonderful season of time where I was in college and I was able to, you know, do all the things that I loved at the same time. And there's wonderful season of life where, you know, I was coaching and teaching high school. And then a wonderful season of my life where I was a young mom with little tiny kids that, you know, cried more than they slept and, you know, had that crazy period of life. And now I'm entering a phase of my life where my kids are starting to get older and I'm starting to come back to myself and wondering what's next for me. What does my, you know, career aspirations look like in the future? And, and um, I just look back at all the seasons and I just, there was such good things about every single, every single season. And I, I think that's, that's what I would tell myself. And I, that was something intentionally that I wanted to do already. So I know myself would say, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, I know that that's what I'm trying to do, but that, you know, just, just hold on, just keep going, just keep looking for the next good thing. And um, life's good in all its phases. That's, I think that's life, what I would say. Life is good. That's a great, great answer. I'm going to take some of those to heart because I feel, I feel some of those seasons to have, yeah, to have you as a friend on that journey. And I know that you've walked a lot of the walks that I'm currently walking through. So, oh, Kara, thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation today and words could not accurately describe my gratitude for you. Well, thanks. I'm very grateful to know you as well and to have this opportunity to work with you. Look forward to much more to come. I'm excited for it. Cheers. Cheers.